we really need these places, these uh, informal spaces where we bump elbows with our neighbors and future friends. From the river to the valley to the sea. Welcome to the Mississippi Valley Traveler Podcast. I'm Dean Klinkenberg, and I've been exploring the deep history and rich culture of the people and places along America's greatest river, the Mississippi, since 2007. Join me as I go deep into the characters and places along the river, and occasionally wander into other stories from the Midwest and other rivers. Read the episode show notes and get more information on the Mississippi at MississippiValleyTraveler.com. Let's get going. Welcome to episode 27 of the Mississippi Valley Traveler podcast. I've been on the road for a couple of weeks, so I'm recording this episode in my hotel room in Muscatine, Iowa. So uh, hello from Muscatine. Being on the road lately has reminded me some about uh, my favorite experiences with different places where I had uh, a great time, where I had a chance to meet local folks and uh, build some relationships. So in this episode, I'm going to share a few stories with you about those places uh, and the people that I met and how those places helped me get to know the communities better. And of course, I will be naming some of the locations, some of the coffee shops and uh, brew pubs and restaurants or wherever where I was hanging out and where I met folks. So you might want to get out your notepads and make a list of some of these places. I'm only including places that are still open. Unfortunately, some of my favorite spots closed over the years, but uh, but the ones I'm going to mention today are places that you can still go to today. So uh, check those out. As usual, thanks to all of you who show some love through Patreon. If you want to join that community, go to patreon.com slash Dean Klinkenberg and you can join there. Don't want to do that? You can still show me some love by buying me a coffee. Go to mississippivalleytraveler.com slash podcast where you can see the link to support my caffeine habit. And now let's get on with the show. When I decided to start writing about the Mississippi and putting the, my guidebooks together, one of my priorities was to really do justice to each community along the river, uh, to not just do kind of the standard history of each place, but I wanted to really bring to life the full uh, history of each community and to make that as current as possible. A lot of con you know, a lot of history books stop at a certain point in time, although the communities haven't. So uh, I always made it my, you know, one of my goals to look for ways to uh, get to know the community as best I could while I was there. And that often meant finding places where local folks hung out uh, and then finding ways to get conversations going. It's funny, I used to joke that I did most of that kind of research uh, at diners and bars. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the truth is that it was mostly bars. And nowadays, though, now that I'm getting a little bit older, uh, it's far more likely to be a coffee shop than a bar, but there are still some bars I, and uh, maybe a brew pub where I still enjoy having those experiences and getting a chance to chat with people. I really, like I said, I, I really put the emphasis on looking for places where people get together to hang out with their friends uh, and chat and uh, 
Uh, and then uh, I, of course, crash their parties. Uh, I've done it many times, always politely, of course. And most of the time, people are quite happy to welcome a stranger to the table, if, if only for a little while. Uh, if, uh, and for some of them, it means they get a break from listening to Gary rant about the same politician he always rants about. Uh, I spent uh, uh, a month in Grand Rapids, Minnesota a few years back, and uh, I got an invitation to join a roundtable of retired guys through a friend of a friend. They met a couple times a week at their favorite coffee shop, which uh, at that time was the local Arby's. They couldn't argue with the price. It was only 25 cents for a cup of coffee, which, you know, on a fixed income, that's pretty attractive. Uh, I, I actually crashed that group often enough that uh, one of the men who was a regular, who was a retired newspaper editor, uh, wrote a short column about me and my work for the Grand Rapids newspaper. I didn't get the least bit offended when he called me a husky young man. After all, uh, I sure didn't mind being called uh, young when I was in my late 40s. But uh, I considered myself quite svelte at the time, so I hate to think what he'd call me now that I'm carrying 15 more pounds than I was then. Just a couple weeks ago, I was up in Fort Dodge, Iowa, and uh, I was finishing up some work, uh, getting ready to get back on the road. And just as I was kind of wrapping up my, uh, my work, uh, a local group of knitters began uh, streaming in and filling up a big back table. I, I kind of found myself wishing I had some more free time, so uh, I probably would have invited myself to, uh, to join their table and impress them with how little I actually know about knitting. But I'm sure they would have been happy to tell me everything about it. We really need these places, these uh, informal spaces where we bump elbows with our neighbors and future friends. Uh, sociologist uh, Roy Oldenburg is credited with calling them third places, meaning these are the important spaces away from home and work. We used to have a lot more of places like this, uh, a lot more opportunities to hang out with people uh, who live near us, uh, people who weren't all living in the same bubble where we spend most of our time today. It's one of the ways that we learn to live with each other, uh, hanging out in these spaces, even when we disagree about some issues. It, it's harder to hate everyone in the other party when you see a bunch of them in your bowling league every week, after all, and spend time getting to know them. We don't have nearly as many of those bowling leagues as we used to, and social media, suburban lifestyles, and getting around in our cars on our own, I think has really dramatically cut back on the opportunities we have day to day to be reminded of the fact that not everybody thinks or lives like we do, and that's okay. At these places, it's kind of like Thanksgiving dinner with extended family, except uh, we have more choice about when to go and when to leave. So if that drunkle starts ranting about some obscure topic, uh, uh, at the coffee shop, it's a lot easier to excuse yourself and get away than it might be at that family Thanksgiving. It's just one of the reasons I love these places so much. Uh, it forces us to, to learn civility, to practice civility, at least in public places. And I think, too, like, you know, it really forces us uh, to be better listeners. It kind of puts us in a position where we really have to listen to other people uh, more intently. And, and I think that's, that's good for all of us. So in this episode, I'm going to tell you about a few of the places uh, along the Mississippi River where I've had good experiences finding conversation with local folks 
I can't guarantee you're going to have the same luck. You know, the crowds can be different from day to day. And some of the regular coffee clutches that uh, gather may only get together one day a week. And it's usually a weekday, uh, especially if those coffee clutchers are retired folks. But the places that I'm about to talk about, there's still good places to sample the local flavors and, and maybe strike up a conversation or two. For this episode, I'm going to skip the big cities. You know, I'm going to skip Twin Cities, St. Louis, and New Orleans. Maybe I'll uh, get into those in a future podcast. They just have so many options. Uh, it would take up uh, way too much time. But for this, we're just going to zero in on the smaller communities. I'm, I am making one exception. I, I am going to mention a couple spots in the Quad Cities that I really like. Uh, so I'm going to throw those into this episode. You know, if I'd done this list 10 years ago, it would look pretty different. Uh, Unfortunately, some of my favorite places have since closed, uh, but so it goes, you know, in the restaurant industry, you know, uh, you're lucky to get uh, several good years out of them. But there's always someplace new to check out. That's what's great about this. Um, and uh, the nice thing about the turnover, I suppose, is it forces us to get out and, and try new places and mix with a slightly different crowd, perhaps. Now, you may have had uh, great experiences in some places that I'm, I'm not going to mention on this list, so uh, I would love to hear about it. I'll tell you how to do that once we get through this. So get out your notepads and uh, let's get going. I'm going to start this uh, up north. Um, got a couple places uh, in the north of the Twin Cities that I really enjoy. Up in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, you know, I don't go to that Arby's anymore for coffee, but uh, I do love going to a place called Brood Awakenings. It uh, can be a little busy on weekends. They tend to fo they focus mostly on organic products, and uh, all the food products are freshly made. It's just a great place to hang out and, and get into conversation. It's not a huge space. It's very easy to be sitting next to somebody and and naturally get into conversation. And uh, it's probably going to be with somebody who lives in the area, but they do get a fair number of visitors through there too. So you might meet somebody from another part of the state, or maybe from Canada, or maybe from Texas for that matter. So that's Brood Awakenings in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. That same summer that I was in Grand Rapids for a month, I spent a week later on in Brainerd, Minnesota. And uh, I was so happy that I found this little coffee shop downtown called Coco Moon. Uh, I got to know the owner quite a bit uh, and a few of the employees. Uh, there were other people I got in conversations with occasionally, uh, uh, but I would say in Coco Moon, it was mostly getting to know the owner and the employees. They have nice coffee and treats, uh, and the layout of the place makes it easy to just kind of get you know casually start a conversation with somebody. I find Brainerd sometimes a little difficult uh, to find places to have those kinds of conversations. Uh, um, so I'm especially grateful to have found Coco Moon, and I've been back many times since then, and I, I think it still has the same spirit. One of the newer places I've been enjoying when I'm in the area, uh, up in St. Cloud, Minnesota, is the Beaver Island Brewing Company. Uh, no coffee here. This is a different beverage. These are adult beverages. I got hooked right away when I walked in the door. I mean, they are kind of in a strip mall atmosphere, but once you step in the door, it's this very atmospheric uh, uh, craft brewery with a uh, river and paddling theme. You know, you can't, you got to be impressed with the canoes that are hanging uh, around the place. It's named after a series of islands that are um, just kind of at the downriver end of the Mississippi at St. Cloud, uh, a thick cluster of islands called the Beaver Islands, and uh, they kind of run with that. It's, uh, it's, it's usually been pretty busy when I've been there, not overwhelmingly so, but uh, uh, festive with uh, a good local crowd, 
uh, quite a few regulars from what I can tell and uh, a good cross uh, spectrum of, uh, of St. Cloud residents. I've uh, gotten help a few times with Footland just striking up a conversation to ask about this place or that place or what people enjoyed. That's also sometimes a nice way to uh, to start a conversation is just asking for recommendations about where people like to eat. Uh, I was asking about favorite coffee shops one time, uh, and you can do that while enjoying a nice IPA or stout. I know I've mentioned more than one time that La Crosse, Wisconsin is one of my favorite places along the Mississippi, um, and sometimes it's been hard to choose one location to, uh, that I wanted to hang out there. But there is one place uh, that stands out where I've had more um, good experiences and more luck meeting people than other places in La Crosse, and that's uh, the Root Note, uh, which is in downtown La Crosse. They were closed for for a while during the pandemic, but uh, that gave them a chance to do some renovations and spruce the place up and reopen. Um, I've had you know a great time there. It skews a little bit young. Um, you know, I think they draw kind of some of the college crowd, some of the creative crowd, but uh, it's certainly not the only demographic who enjoys the place. They tend to, uh, they have some nights when they host live music. Um, they do some crepes. Uh, so uh, it's an, it's a fun little place just for the, the food and, and the, the delicious coffee offerings. But uh, when I, you know, I've made, met some people there who've become lifelong friends. I, I was standing in line one evening, uh, uh, and bumped into a woman who worked at a special collections library where I had just been earlier in that day. And uh, we got to talking, and uh, we've become good friends. So I don't know, like that was probably eight years ago, maybe more, and uh, we are still in touch. In fact, I just saw them uh, a couple weeks ago when I was up in La Crosse. I think it's the kind of place where you know, you can easily just kind of keep to yourself if that's what you wish. You can find a nice corner and do what you need to do, get your work done or or read something. Um, but it's also uh, set up in a way that uh, it's easy to get those conversations going. Uh, very laid back place. I enjoy it. And uh, and they do have uh, different uh, reasons that attract people. So the crowd changes throughout the day and throughout the week. Another one of the places that I've really enjoyed uh, having a chance to go back to a few times is in a little town north of Dubuque in Balltown, Iowa, Brightbox Country Dining. It's kind of a sprawling restaurant, uh, and they had a rough period, oh gosh, let's say 12, 13 years ago when the restaurant burned down and then the, the one they were building to replace it burned down, but they've been back and stable for a while, uh, and uh, you know, it is kind of, it has a big dining room, so that's, that area if you just go and have a meal which you should and you should definitely save room for pie because that's really their specialty um, but uh, you're not going to really have any conversations when you get a, a table for dining but there's an area up front around a bar again you know there's a common theme here there's always a bar uh, and that's a good place just to hang out and talk to people uh, for a little bit again because i'm often looking for local connections i'm looking for tips on things to do you know i was there once when uh, uh i was asking about an old church just outside of town that i had heard was basically uh in the same uh had the same uh condition that it had when it was built basically it hadn't been modernized uh, and i was just asking folks if they knew much about that or who took care of it or if there was a way to visit it and uh with just a, within just a few minutes, I had the name of the person who was the contact for that church. Uh, so 
these are these are great ways to great places just to pop in and chat with folks. But you know, I try to make sure my conversations aren't just about extracting information from people too. You know, that can get very old. So, you know, if I if I have something I need specific help for, then of course I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask a few questions and and all. But uh, I find like these uh, experiences are a lot more. Uh, satisfying when I have the time to offer something in return as well. That might just be as simple as listening to them. So um, don't just go in and, and, and try to extract information and get out. Hey, Dean Klinkenberg here, interrupting myself. Just wanted to remind you that if you'd like to know more about the Mississippi River, check out my books. I write the Mississippi Valley Traveler guidebooks for people who want to get to know the river better. I also write the Frank Dodge Mystery Series set in, set in places along the Mississippi. Read those books to find out how many different ways my protagonist, Frank Dodge, can get into trouble. My newest book, Mississippi River Mayhem, details some of the disasters and tragedies that happened along Old Man River. Find any of them wherever books are sold. There's a place in Dubuque I've become uh, a big fan of, uh, a coffee shop on the north end of town called Convivium. Uh, I think, you know... They would probably say their emphasis is on community, um, and they certainly you certainly get that feel when you go visit the place. They have the inside is filled with these you know large tables that are obviously meant to be shared, and uh, uh, it's the kind of uh, physical setting that makes it very easy to uh, naturally get yourself in conversation with another people, which has happened to me a couple times when I've been there just hanging out. They do have, you know, besides coffee, they have food too, so you can get a little breakfast or lunch while you're there. Uh, and they have, uh, uh, they grow some of the ingredients in greenhouses nearby. Um, so there was, uh, so I've had a couple of informal chats, like I said, but there's, uh, there was also one morning when I was there when uh, a woman who was running for political office happened to be stopping in for an event. So I hung around for just a few minutes to hear a little bit of, of her talking. She drew a nice crowd, a very enthusiastic crowd. Um, and so uh, you never know what's going to happen when you pop into a place. And I would have been welcome to sit there and join that crowd. Uh, I needed to get on, get out of town. But uh, but uh, if you have time and uh, you have the ability to hang out, uh, just do it. And that's one of the other, th you know, um, principles of all this too i found from traveling whether it's along the mississippi or anywhere else is uh, when you have that ability to just settle in and, and uh um and stick around for a while you have a much better shot at getting into those conversations and if you're limiting yourself to like say half an hour i've got to be out of there um and if you're in the same community for for a few days uh, you find this one place like this where you can go back to, whether it's a coffee shop or, you know, a bar or whatever, but uh, they will remember that you were there the day before. You know, I get in the habit, I try to find a place like this and I'll go there every day if I like it. Yeah, I don't need to sample from every single place in an area. I'd much rather find a place where I can actually talk to people and develop some contacts or relationships. And the way that, I, you know, one of the tricks that I use in doing that is I find a place like a Convivium in Dubuque. And if I'm there for four days, then I'll go there every morning for four days. And I tell you, it almost every time it works, you start getting to know people and getting into conversations because that second day you're practically a regular. Well, let's get into the uh, the Quad Cities now. Um, I've had uh, I've well, I've had some great experiences at uh, at bars and coffee shops in the Quad Cities. 
but that's an area where there's been turnover, like two of my favorite places that uh, I used to spend a lot of time at have since closed, and I've had to search and find other places to replace them. And I think I've done okay with that. Uh, in Moline, I've, uh, I've settled on Milltown Coffee. Uh, I really enjoy going there. It's a relatively new spot for me, uh, maybe a couple of years. Uh, but it's an absolutely gorgeous location with big windows that look out right over the Mississippi River and this uh, spacious, airy in- interior. Uh, it's right next to the bike trail. There's a college nearby. The place always seems like it's busy, and oftentimes it's people who are biking who will stop in for you know, a coffee or a snack or maybe some lunch. Uh, sometimes it's students who are working. Sometimes it's people, other people from nearby who stop in. Um, I find it's a very easy place to hang out in, and uh, and while I haven't had a dozen, you know, I haven't, while I haven't had dozens of conversations there yet, there are some places within uh, Milltown Coffee where the seating is such that it's easier to get in conversations than others. There are some places I think where people will sit at tables where they just kind of want to be left alone, and I of course always respect that. Uh, but there are more casual spaces and there are shared spaces where people can set up and uh, look at the river and talk to each other if they, if they wish. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Milltown Coffee. So for uh, a place to hang out uh, later in the day, uh, one of my uh, friends that I met at the previous bar I really enjoyed um, is uh, still in Rock Island. It's called Radical Effects Brewing. Uh, they do some of their own beer. They brew some of their own beer. And they also have a really nice collection of craft beers from around the area and around the country. Uh, and uh, it's a big space. They've got pool tables. There's lots of places to hang out. I really find uh, uh, that the crowd seems to be like serious beer drinkers and old friends is kind of how I would characterize this place. I, I really enjoy going there. Sometimes it's a little loud, uh, but, uh, but I always end up meeting some play- somebody new uh, and sometimes I bump into old friends from previous places where I used to hang out. Uh, so I really, it's a place that's always high on my list to go back to when I'm in the area. And again, like if, if you're serious about wanting to get into conversation with somebody, you need to sit at the bar or somewhere very close to the bar. The next spot is com- really a very different feel than the others that I've mentioned. Uh, Burlington, Iowa. So Martini's Grill uh, is um, really more of a restaurant than the typical hangout spot that I would go to. Um, And it has just these amazing views of the Mississippi. The restaurant is built on top of the bluff with great views looking down toward the river and toward the bridge. Uh, And uh, there's a big outdoor patio where you can sit when the weather's nice. That's all great if you want to go there and eat. It's kind of an upscale restaurant, so the food leans toward steaks and higher-end entrees. I just like sitting at the bar. Uh, Again, this this is one of the themes, sit at the bar. So uh, I I was in Burlington for a week a couple of years back when I was doing some research on the town and trying to get get to know it better. And I went to Martini's just about every evening. They had a happy hour, and the, so the, the drinks were a little cheaper during that time. Sometimes it got real busy. Um, but I always got in a conversation with somebody when I was hanging out there at the bar. And one particular evening, uh, I was sitting there reading Aldo Leopold's uh, Sand Country Almanac, and the woman next to me noticed that and just struck up a conversation with me, asked about the book, and we started talking, and it turned out she was the uh, director of a local uh, uh, 
County Conservation um, Agency. So we had a nice chat because I was really interested in getting her tips about places to go where she really enjoyed going uh, that to get a good feel for the Mississippi. And then it turned out uh, her father um, also was an interesting character, and uh, he offered to take me out to the family cabin on an island out you know, near Burlington. So I had a great time. Like not only did I get to meet her and uh, uh, get get some insights into the conservation areas in the area, uh, but uh, I also got to get in a john boat and go out to uh, uh, a cabin on an island in Mississippi and drink a couple of beers with a guy who has led a very interesting life. And there was another evening there where uh, I had this kind of surreal conversation with a guy who turned out to be the lawyer for one of the richest people in the area. And uh, uh, he was more interested than talking than listening. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and as soon as his client started showing up, then uh, he disappeared and uh, without saying goodbye. But that's okay. He, he he lowered himself down to my level long enough during happy hour to, to chat and tell me a little bit about his life. And, and that was really interesting. So you just never know who you're going to meet in these places. Uh, continuing downriver, uh, Hannibal's got a coffee shop that I absolutely love. If I lived in Hannibal, I'd be there every day. Java Jive, uh, which is kind of down in, in the downtown area in the tourist district. Uh, it's one of the uh, few, let's say, authentic samples of Hannibal life that you can get uh, because it's uh, um, so much of that is uh, crafted for tourism in that part of Hannibal. But uh, Java Jive is real people, real food. Delicious, delicious food, good sandwiches and, and desserts. Uh, so I stop there whenever I'm in the area. Sometimes it's mostly tourists, um, but oftentimes there are locals there too. And uh, so uh, I, I find like the big tables and couches uh, that uh, fill the space. You know, it's an old historic storefront. Um, just make for great places to sit down and camp out for a, a little while and see what conversation breaks out. So uh, it's a nice break from the uh, the the um, the well crafted tourism sites uh, that are otherwise around that area. Skipping the big city of St. Louis and heading on down to Cape Girardeau, there's a little roadhouse just outside of town called the Pilot House. Uh, I've only been there a couple of times, and uh, both times it's it's been a good experience. Uh, um, one, I think on the first time I was there, uh, I sat at the bar and, uh, got some, was waiting for some food to come out and it was a little slow. And, uh, I ended up having a really nice conversation with the bartender that afternoon. Uh, the place isn't all that big. So even the dining area, there are not a lot of tables. So sometimes there's a wait to get in, but, uh, I think the bar is really the place to be. And, uh, and it's the place, you know, the, the place where you're most likely to have conversation as well. So that's the pilot house. I think that's pretty much all people in the area. You're going to meet local folks there uh, and have some good conversation. We're going to jump on down to the lower Mississippi now, and uh, I'm going to take you down to Clarksdale, Mississippi. Meraki Roasting Company is quickly becoming one of my favorite spots when I'm down in Clarksdale. It's an interesting place. Uh, it's kind of part uh, workplace development for uh, youth in the Clarksdale area. Uh, and all uh, kind of mixed with a, a nice coffee shop. So it's a, it's a laid back place. Uh, 
I I think from my sense is that it does attract some locals, uh, but it also attracts people who are um, interested in paddling on the Mississippi. There's a guide and outfitting shop half a block away uh, that draws a lot of people. So uh, it's often, you know, they often find other paddlers and other people interested in the Mississippi who are there in, in the Meraki um, roasting company. Uh, the last time I was there, uh, I ended up in a conversation with a couple of uh, people who were on a long distance paddling trip down the Mississippi. And I thought that was really interesting. So, uh, so that's a fun place to go and uh, worthy of hanging out for an hour or two and, and seeing what conversation develops. So, so the last one I'm going to mention uh, is a little bit further down river yet in Vicksburg. Uh, it's a little place called highway coffee, highway 61 coffee house. It's a small uh, informal coffee shop feels a little bit like a throwback to me in some ways because uh, it's not about having the most modern or fashionable appearance. It's all it's a little uh, um, helter skelter. It's you know it's a little a little bit here, a little bit there. Feels a little bit like it, you know a place that uh, hasn't changed a lot in twenty years. And I think that's part of the appeal. Uh, it's not a huge place. Uh, so wherever you sit, you're going to be sitting close to somebody else. And, uh, uh, that always opens up an opportunity for conversation. And every time I go there, there's, it seems like there's somebody sitting in this one particular area, a small group, three, sometimes four people, uh, that are having a, a fairly intense conversation. Uh, so, uh, I have not had a chance to try to join that conversation yet, but I'm looking forward to doing that sometime in the near future. Um, my, you know, my sense is that anybody would be welcome to join in. Place is also cool that just upstairs from them, there's an art shop that features local and regional artists. So uh, when I'm in the area, I try to take a few minutes to walk around upstairs and see what's, uh, what's new up there as well. So, so those are some of my favorite places currently where I've had the best experiences. I have some honorable mentions I want to throw in. These are places that uh, I enjoy going to. Uh, I think they have a lot to offer. I haven't always spent enough time there to get to know people, but I have a feeling that, you know, if I were to carve out an hour or two and just stick around for a little while, I'd have better luck um, making connections. So I want to mention these places I think would be really fruitful. In Winona, the Blue Heron Coffee House is a nice space, uh, again, offering a, a mix of some really good coffee, uh, emphasizing community experience. They do some interesting food. Sometimes they have um, um, themes or special nights where they offer certain kinds of uh, dishes. So it's a very interesting place to go, and uh, I just haven't had a chance to really hang out there very much. In Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin, there's a little place called Simply Cafe I've been to a few times. Unfortunately, most of the time, I, I'm just there to grab a sandwich to go, but it's got a great feel, and uh, I know it's been around for you know, at least a decade at this point, uh, they're doing something right. And it, it can be a fairly busy place, but it's also, it also just feels like a great place where you can settle in for an hour or two and hang out, and, uh, and some people do. And I think it, it's a nice um, staple for the for their folks in the region now. It's been there long enough that they know they can get a good sandwich, they can go there and hang out and chat with their friends. And one of these days, I'm going to actually stick around for at least an hour and see if I can get some conversation going there. In Bellevue, Iowa, there's a small craft brewery that's right on the river. Uh, I've only been there once. Um, no, I've been there twice. Uh, and I, I like their beer, but I also just love the fact that this is a, a small-town craft brewery. Bellevue is not a big community, just a few thousand people. And I love the fact that 
local folks decided that the town needed uh, good beer, that local folks, that just because you live in a small town doesn't mean you have to drink bad beer. So they started up their own brewery, the River Ridge Brewing Company, uh, and uh, they have a nice patio and a good space inside, and uh, uh, I look forward to hanging out there sometime and and, uh, getting to know folks in Bellevue a little bit better, too. And then the last one I'm going to mention is you know, for honorable mention is in Natchez, Mississippi, the Natchez Coffee Company. Uh, it's just it's housed in this absolutely gorgeous historic storefront in, in central Natchez. Uh, they've got a you know, full service kitchen. Uh, their food is really good and it's as hearty as you would expect from a southern kitchen. Coffee is delicious. Um, and then, uh, there are places in there again, where some of it is set up more like a restaurant where you're sitting at a table and maybe it's not the easiest place to get conversations going. And then there are other spots where, uh, I think when I have more time, I'm just going to camp out there for a little while and, and see what turns up. But I think that's one of the places that I would like to spend a lot more time exploring. So that's what I've got. Um, uh, let me know what your, some of your favorite spots are. I'm sure I have not covered yours and I'd love to hear what that is. So uh, just drop me a line and tell me about it. Uh, go to MississippiValleyTraveler.com slash contact and uh, drop me a note about your favorite places to hang out and, uh, and talk to people. Tell me your stories about being on the road and, and uh, um, the folks that you've met uh, hanging out in a coffee shop or at a bar, uh, preferably G-rated stories only, though. I will post a list of these places in the show notes. So if you weren't able to take notes, don't worry about it. Just go to MississippiValleyTraveler.com slash podcast and look up this episode, episode 27, and uh, you'll find the show notes and uh, a full list of the these places there. And now it's time for the Mississippi Minute. I just love those moments when um, some place surprises you. Uh, I've been on the road often enough. I've been to enough places that it's hard to impress me the first time I visit somewhere. Uh, but last year, uh, the first time I went to Sherburn National Wildlife Refuge in Minnesota, uh, I was really impressed. Uh, I was struck with how beautiful the place is, um, how how much I got pulled into um, wanting to know more and go deeper into the refuge. It's about an hour north of the of Minneapolis, and uh, I the first time I went, I was assuming I'd be there for an hour or two most, and I end up spending half a day and wished I could have stayed longer. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that my first impression was right, so I was just back up there again a couple of weeks ago, and it still uh, pulls me in. One of the things that uh, I'm often skeptical of at, at refuges is when there's a wilderness drive, you usually don't really get to see all that much. Maybe you get to see some waterfalls or a pretty mountain or some nice views, but rarely do you see much much wildlife. Well, at Sherburn, there's a, a seven-mile loop drive. Um, it doesn't seem to be all that much when you look at it on a map and when you get started on it, but uh there's an area of wetlands about halfway through that is just alive with uh, with so many animals. And uh, uh, I, it's a place I just had to pull over and stop. And I, I sat for about an hour just watching what was going on. There were trumpeter swans, cormorants, kingfisher, sandhill cranes. There's a there are beaver in that area. 
Um, I just uh, had a great time sitting there and watching it. I couldn't believe it was so easy to do. I didn't, you know, I could watch from my car if I wanted to, but I got out and got a little closer at times as well. So, uh, but that's not all there is to the refuge either. There's a really beautiful savanna area that's uh, got some nice trails through it and, uh, and other wetlands with orchids. Uh, it's, it's an easy place to get lost for half a day or more, and uh, I look, look forward to going back again and again. Again, that's uh, Sherburne National Wildlife Refuge, north of Minneapolis, east of St. Cloud. So get yourself there. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the series on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss out on future episodes. I offer the podcast for free, but when you support the show with a few bucks through Patreon, you help keep the program going. Just go to patreon.com slash Dean Klinkenberg. If you want to know more about the Mississippi River, check out my books. I write the Mississippi Valley Traveler guidebooks for people who want to get to know the Mississippi better. I also write the Frank Dodge Mystery Series that's set in places along the river. Find them wherever books are sold. The Mississippi Valley Traveler podcast is written and produced by me, Dean Klinkenberg. Original music by No Offense. See you next time.